Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Having honest, straightforward conversations about life and marriage and sex because we really believe that the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. With me again is my wife, Pam. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Dr. Corey Allen, and we're having, uh, today's a potpourri show, so we've got a lot of we places like we got a lot of places we're going to go today. But before we get started, uh, a couple of things we're going to do on some format changes. One is we've always been talking about the best way you can get a hold of the show is feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Now we're also adding a voicemail line that you can call the show. Ask your questions, leave them less than three minutes, and there's a chance we'll use them on the air. Because what we really want to do is, since Sexy Marriage Radio is really listener-driven radio, we want to start creating shows that really do have a lot more interaction from you guys. That you help with your questions and the topics that you want covered and the specifics. And so you can call us at 214-702-9565. That's 214-702-9565. If you go to sexymarriageradio.com, you'll find that number there as well. If you don't want to call, you can always send us the email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And if you want to just tell other people about the show, you can jump on iTunes and leave any kind of review or comment. Uh, help us climb the charts in the sexuality category and spread the word. And speaking of spreading the word, I also have one other favor I want to ask. Man, this is a lot of announcements to get started. <laughs> But uh, the last thing is, um, typically for the end of each year, I spend a little bit of time uh, just kind of evaluating where things are uh, with the business, with the show, uh, with everything I've got going on. And so I've put out a survey for Sexy Marriage Radio listeners, and I'm asking for feedback. So if you go to SexyMarriageRadio.com, on today's uh, show notes, there will be a link to a survey. It'll take you less than two minutes if you haven't already taken it. Uh, Please do. It's anonymous, but it's just a chance to get some great data so that we get a, a better example of and, and some feedback exactly of what the show's be, been doing and meaning and, and the ways we could even make it better. Yeah, we always want to make it better. Absolutely. So here we go. The, the first, first email that came in, this has been from a little while ago, but I loved it because what jumped out at me was the title was mm-hmm. Animals in Bed. And so it's a great title. <laughs> it is Never a, really sure where that one's going to yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. When you hear that, you're like, um, Okay, I want to read this. So it just says, I'd like to suggest a possible show topic that hasn't been covered. We've talked about sharing the bed or bedroom with kids, but what about animals? Because their situation is uh, his his wife loves animals. Actually, she wants to have acres and lots of big animals, but right now they have two smaller-sized dogs and one lab mixed-sized dog. So they love sleeping in bed with us. That's a lot, a lot of legs in bed. (laughs) That is. And so he's saying um, the the problem is it really does interrupt any possibilities for intimacy because they like to sleep not only in the bed, but they kind of like make a wall in between them, typically under the sheet. So like they burrow in and and get in between them. So that makes it a little hard to make a move. <laughs> That's there is an obstacle in place when you're trying to make a move. That is true. But even it even goes further to talk about um he has tried that um he wants them off the bed. Okay. And they know not to whine on his side of the bed when they get pushed off. So what do you think the dogs do? They go to her side cuz she's a sucker. <laughs> what it sounds like, that, that she will hear them whine and let them back on the bed. And so 
it's one of those issues that that truly does cause problems if you're talking about a sex life. Sure, sure it would. I, I guess I'm curious, when they do have sex, what do they do with the dogs? Are they in the room? Do they, like, kick them out and shut the door so they can't come in? Right, which is some of the same advice we've given with, if you're talking about kids getting in the way, is one of the things that I believe in is... Use the door on the bedroom for what it's meant for. Yeah, use Close the lock. It. Close the door and lock it, and that at least <laughs> eliminates that. They could still be sitting there pounding on the door, Yeah, but it at least eliminates that. But animals can be a little different, because you know full well if you knock one out the door, um, they might just sit on the other side of the door and whine. Well, okay. I, I think I can take some whining. If they're <laughs> in the room, sometimes they just sit there with their head on the edge of the bed and stare at you. <laughs> So you're like that putting can, on a show. Yeah, that can be a little bit unnerving. <laughs> could, I might get a little performance anxiety. But there's also one of those things that, I mean, come on, we've had dogs before in our life. Um, yes. And nothing disrupts you more than a nose, a wet nose fit, hitting your foot. Yes. Or the side of your leg or yeah. your arm when you're unexpected. You know? Right. So I guess that's my question. What do they do when they are having sex? I realize, you know, it, it gets in the way of making a move if your dogs are on the bed. And, and you know, there's this side point of, um, didn't he make a comment in there that the two small ones like to get down under the covers yes. and the sheets? Yeah. Which, I don't know, personally, that just grosses me out. Just... <laughs> hair and dog hair and stuff in the sheets um so you know i dish is she okay with that you know is yeah. she okay with that stuff in there i don't know i mean it seems like what what's going to have to happen is uh, if sex is happening already that then it's it's planned that there has to be some coordination to make it happen okay sure right because There's then no, you're, you're not talking necessarily about spontaneity right what are we doing with the dogs how are we taking care of that or i've got them situated with a bone or a toy or food or they're outside playing or something so we got a window of time that that's reality that okay. it, that, that can impact people but it does take away it or at least adds a hurdle for the spontaneity that is true I, i'm just hearing this just like the issue with kids you know we got to train our kids well Got to train the dogs gotta, a little bit. You got to train the dogs too. Yep. So that that means you're going to have to have some honest conversations with a spouse if they are more of the dog lover. They're the higher desire when it comes to dogs and animals. Yeah. So there is some element of, okay, how do you have those conversations? Because I know full well just the differences of the way people are, that one person whining from an animal they really, really love really affects them more than the other spouse. Uh, yeah, you know. absolutely. So it's it's how do you figure out ways to train differently, to teach differently? And that's your that's your dogs, not your spouse. Um, so is she letting them back on the bed when they come to her side just because she loves them so much and it doesn't bother her? Or because she gets sick of the whining? Well, it sounds Does like from, from the wording it says, my wife, however, they know that she will let them back on the bed because she can't sleep with them whining. So sleeping, I can understand that. But if we're talking about, so maybe we're talking about needing to just define the differences of, okay, wait, we're going to be having some sex here. That's the goal. So can we have sex with them whining? Can you relax enough? Can you focus enough? Can you do, you know, because that can be a distraction. Yeah, that's a good point. And it will throw you off. 
on getting into the mood because that's I don't know of any kind of a Barry White song that's got whining dogs <laughs> as the background <laughs> or or anything like that. So there is an element of how do you plan it better and how do you have that conversation better? And to me, I don't know, maybe I don't know if this fits with you with the situation that that you guys are in specifically, but if you have other furniture in your room, maybe sex happens on that fur- on a couch or a chair or something that's not in the bed. And the dog let the let the dogs have the bed. You guys just go someplace else. That could certainly change it up and yep. make it even more fun and adventurous. Or try the shower. I doubt the dogs are joining you in the shower. Let's hope not. <laughs> so sometimes you can multitask, get a lot of stuff done, wash dogs at the same time as yourself. <laughs> yeah, clog up the drain. <laughs> but it is one of those things that I, it's a reality. And so to me, confronting it for most means having some, some straightforward conversations with your partner about, look, this is a problem. This is, this is an issue. And I wanted to see if we can be on the same page that it's not I want to kick them to the curb or call the SPCA and say get rid of them. Instead, it's I want to I want to come up with a way that that we can be on similar paths more to make this happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're both sleeping in the same bed, so certainly if one of you is unhappy about how the sleeping arrangements go, that's not a good thing. You got to get on the same track with that yeah. one. And if it's if it's just the mere fact of she can't sleep because they're whining, well, you know what? That takes a week or two to train some dogs. Maybe. Um, but it's. I, I still hear, I think what where we need to land is there's a difference between I'm trying to create some intimacy in bed versus I'm just trying to sleep. Yes. So Certainly a distinction there. Right. So I think it, it comes down to examining in your own mind how... You know, if, if we're just sleeping, is that a problem? Because I get the sense from the email that he's saying it's not necessarily a problem with just the sleep. It just gets in the way of any kind of sexual overtures or intimate moments that could happen. So then you're talking about just needing to have a, a, some serious conversations about, look, tonight's tonight's go night. Tonight's <laughs> go night. So Get the dogs out of the way. So we need to, we need to have a plan. Him. Right. So we need to have a plan. So I think that's kind of the, the best path forward. For this one. Yeah, I would agree. That's that's being nice and upfront about what your sexual desires are, about timing and here's what I want, and not being kind of passive aggressive about it. Yep. And then it comes down to uh with the spontaneity side of it. Because I could understand sometimes you don't necessarily want to spring with your partner, here's what I'm planning tonight, so get ready, mm-hmm. or here's the plan. Um so there <laughs> I guess there's no way you can if you walk into the bedroom getting ready for bed and you've got dog toys and a crate, that can be kind of a signal that, hey, I'm going to make a move. So it's not going to be spontaneous. That's okay. At least you're taking care of it. That's you're true. not expecting the other one to take care of it. You're taking care of it. Sometimes that's just how it's got to be. You've got you've to do what you need to do in order to take care of the business that you want. If I'm the one that wants to initiate it, I better yeah. take care of whatever peripheral items need to be taken care of i'm not can't expect my spouse to do it yeah that's good if we didn't cover it well enough hey eat feedback at sexymirrorsradio.com yeah. i, I want to know uh how, how'd we do does that help right exactly <laughs> okay, okay next one so we have another one um it was a, a lady emailing in saying my husband doesn't kiss at all not a peck not anything even during sex apparently when they were dating 
Uh, they had long makeout section, uh, not section sessions, and she really misses it. So she wants to understand how they can open up their part of the relationship. Um, she says, we don't even kiss our kids and we don't want our grandparents kissing our kids either. Okay. So this is a, actually, I think this is more common than you think. Really? That kissing does go by the wayside as sex, as, as married sex progresses. Why do you see that happening? Um, a lot of it, I think, boils down to there's. I don't know of any specific research on this, okay. But I I do know from some of the work Schnarch has done, where he's done a poll and they've had like ten thousand plus respondents that they asked that specific question of do you kiss, like you used to or not, but not necessarily why or why not. So we don't have that kind of data, but we there it does show that. There is a percentage of people that kissing just kind of goes by the wayside. And it's, I think largely it's because, well, we can do sex now. So I don't, you know, because sometimes you think of you settle when you're first dating, kissing's not crossing a line. Sure. If you're talking about a religious or a Christian upbringing. So it's, it's one of those, you can kiss all you want because you can't, you're not having actual intercourse. So that's okay. <laughs> so when we're talking, we're just talking kissing. Are you saying then that maybe it's the higher desire person that used to initiate it because they wanted at least some sort of action? And then now, since they can have sex too, eh, I'm not even going to mess with kissing. <laughs> Don't even let kissing get in the way. Yeah, it's just a waste <laughs> of time. And if I'm the, if it's the lower desire person, well, they're afraid if they start kissing. It might lead to something else, and they're just too that's a, tired. Yeah, that's for an it. initiation or a signal of wanting something more. Sure, that could be a that could be a quite the quandary. Um, but I, I do think that there is an element of uh, sex just really becomes routine, and so starting it doesn't necessarily mean we got to warm each other up. Starting it sometimes just means, hey, you wanna? And, okay. And so you do a little bit of foreplay, maybe, and that's probably just some touching, some petting, some caressing, and it's not necessarily kissing and working up to it. So there is an element of a population that that they do not kiss during sex. I don't know if that means that the research didn't talk about um, the rest of the relationship, but kissing does seem to go away. So that's all that's just to say. They're surprisingly normal. That's interesting. I, and I have to say, the first time I read this, I, I don't mean to make an inference here, but I just think of the movie Pretty Woman, right? And right. she can't right. kiss because that's too intimate. It's too personal. It's too personal. Yeah. And so is there a level of intimacy maybe that we just don't want to get into that could be maybe maybe it's too close because intimacy is just as likely to produce uncomfortable feelings as it is comfortable ones so there can be a component of kissing might just be a little bit too personal might just be a little bit too close but yet i can but sex is okay but i can put a penis inside a vagina and that's not too close and that's just some of the weirdness that we can have in our minds i think that's human nature that Sometimes certain things mean something dramatically different. Okay, so in this in this email, I I found it interesting that toward the end of it it says we don't even kiss our kids. 
and we don't want the grandparents kissing our kids either. Okay. So this is a woman who is longing to be kissed by her husband. And it, it obviously means something important to her mm-hmm. that she's really missing it. But she uses the word we. We don't even kiss our Good kids. Catch. And why why doesn't she kiss her own kids if she feels like kissing is something important? Maybe just incorporating kissing her kids, you know, a kiss on the head, a kiss on the cheek when they're leaving for school, whatever that case may be, to start incorporating into the family a a different sense of love. Mm -hmm. There's a good thing to have a touch or, you know, a kiss on the cheek um, to the kids that just creates kind of that bond and that intimacy a different type of intimacy, obviously, with your kids. Absolutely. And I think, again, this this kind of goes back to meaning. I mean, I think of the differences between our two families, Pam, that with the different right, family of origins we've got. Um, you have a family that when you guys see each other, brothers and sisters, there's kisses. We kiss on the lips. Right. It's, yeah. it's, and that's what even your your father did, your mother. I don't remember your mom doing as much, but I do remember your father. Yeah, it really came from his side. Doing this. That's not something my family's ever done. No. So there's a difference on just family of origin and Some pattern. of them kiss me now because I come up and kiss them. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they but do. nobody else does. But it, so it, there's a different meaning attached to this on just the, the customs and the, the greetings and all the different things. So, but I think you're spot on in that if this is something she sees as a priority— it's one thing to try to introduce kissing back into a marriage and during sex in the different intimate moments that you share. But it's another thing to introduce kissing into the other aspects of your family. That if you are interested in, hey, wait, I want uh, kissings or kisses are meaningful to me. So I want to make them part of our life. And I want our kids to know they are loved, they are cherished. They are important, and a kiss on the cheek, a kiss on the lips, a kiss on the forehead, that's a way to do that. Well, then do it. There's nothing to say she can't. Do you think that that carries over somehow because there becomes more of a comfort level in intimacy within the rest of the family if it's her just regularly giving the kids a kiss? I don't know. I don't know if there would actually be a tie, a tie to if I start doing that with my kids, if I start being more affectionate with them, will that up the affection in the marriage? My hunch would be no. Okay. There, there, it might be a little bit of pressure that's applied, but I don't think there's the causality there of, you know, this, 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 then that kind of yeah. a thing. But I do believe still that even in a marriage, if you're married to somebody that, that doesn't see the importance or the dynamic of kissing as something they want or value, then that doesn't still mean you can't walk over to your husband and give him a kiss. Just walk up. Or if, I guess another question is, if you guys are regular huggers, when you hug, after the hug, give him a kiss and be intentional trying to uh, increase the length each time. See if you can get to five, six seconds seconds with it. So it's actually a a little bit more of a kiss, not just a quick peck. But if you can only start it with just a quick peck, well, then do it. So try and work him up to it a little bit? Well, it's it's work him up to it, but it's also just go for it. 
Okay. You know, just okay. Just go in and just try to give him a kiss and be prepared for he may withdraw. He may just do this, the stone lips, you mm. know, with. Okay. So with, be prepared for, with, in essence, rejection exa- on the kiss. Well, but from the way you're writing this email that I'm reading it and hearing it today as we're talking about it, there's already rejection because it's something you want and it's not happening. And so the hunch would be you're hoping he will see the value in something you value more than he does. Well, he's probably not going to see it. So that means you've got to introduce it to at least pursue it differently to keep bringing it up because it's of more value to you than it is to him. Okay, that makes sense. And that's not a, a hierarchy of importance or a right and wrongness. That's just a difference. And so I think if you can see it as... This is something I want in our marriage. This is something I want in my sex life. Well, then that means going for a kiss. Because I know, I mean, I've worked with a couple before where this had happened. Um, and it was because uh, the positions that they had kind of come into with their sex life, she had some serious issues with her neck. That she had had a, a bad accident, and ever since it had migraines and just all kinds of neck problems with the nerves in the in, in the back of her neck. And so, whenever they were in certain positions, if she had to re- raise up to kiss or come down to kiss, if she was on top, it would throw her off because of the pain. Oh, and so she couldn't okay. do it because of the physical aspect to it. And so, but he was complaining. Uh, we don't you, we don't even kiss anymore. And so unpacking it helped come to that conclusion of, well, well, that's why. Well, there Uh, you go. Yeah, so it's really the positions. And then even to a degree, because he was a little bit taller than her, she couldn't raise up to kissing without a little bit of pain. And so if she's trying to just live with chronic pain better, she doesn't want to do things that are going to exacerbate it. And so this is where kind of drilling into it, and maybe there's some questions the husband can answer, or if he listens, uh, he answers just from hearing this, of just, what does this mean to you? And I'm not saying I want one way or another at this point. I just want to know what this means. Yeah, what? just so you can understand it helps you get right. a long way down the road. Yeah, because I know sitting here from a family that was raised as non-kissers, as far as when you come to family gatherings, I sit there and look at Pam and the way she interacts with her her family is weird. You know, <laughs> I'm like, wow, it's cold and flu season because we see each other in the winter. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> Most kissing? of the time, that's not a good, that's not a wise choice in cold and flu season. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just it's seeing it as okay we all have different meanings attached to these things and so the more we can understand that from each other that doesn't make it easier necessarily but it maybe can give us a path forward that and makes I, total sense and i think that's the main goal is just how am i responsible for what i'm responsible for and i don't do my partner's job for him all right, so step out and take that move right, that just, you need to make. And sometimes that just means bolster your courage, knowing I'm going to up my level of rejection possibility with this, but that's okay. I want to I want to try to tip the scale a little bit. Okay. Which leads right into the, the last email we need to cover. All right, share and, with and us this, what that is. This just came in of how do I get my wife to accept a compliment and accept it at face value? And he even gives an example. Me, this was, he said, me, that's a really nice shirt. It really brings out your eyes. And his wife would say, you're just saying that because you want some. And besides, it makes me look like a whale. And so he, he even keeps going and talks about, I can't give her a compliment without her firing back some mean comment, downplaying and negating the compliment. No matter what compliment I get her, give her, she never has in our entire marriage ever simply responded with thank you. It's always downplayed or negated, 
with some sort of passive-aggressive comment that makes me feel bad for complimenting her. Is this common among women? Pam? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think a lot of women, um, when they get a compliment, have to give some sort of qualifier. It's funny, lots of times I, I do this. Oh, I love that shirt. Oh, thanks. It was a hand-me-down. You know, I, or I say how I got it on sale or, or have to make some sort of comment about it. Hopefully, I'm not downplaying it and saying, really, it's not a compliment. I look like a whale in this. Um, but there is still a bit of a diversion or a... A diversion is a very good deflecting. word for it. It's a deflecting of the compliment. Right. I, I think that the deflecting is common, mm-hmm. but... When his comment about every compliment he gives, she thinks it's a come on. Yes. I don't know if that's necessarily common in everyone. Well, okay. But one thing I would ask, and this is since this is a husband that emailed this in, I would ask, uh, do some of your own uh, self-awareness research of, is there merit to her read? Okay, so do you only give her compliments exactly. on the nights that you're trying Does to Does your compliment get her pants? quota go up on the time as your horniness scale goes up that all of a sudden then she's reading that because we do map each other really really well in marriage and so there could she could be on to patterns you're not even aware of. And so there could be benefit to at least examining Okay, hold on. Maybe I am the kind, because this is one of the things I've recognized, and I've written about this before on Simple Marriage, and I've probably talked about this on this show, is I noticed er, throughout the first uh, decade or so of our marriage that I would up my interest in you and your things whenever I was interested in something from you, which is somewhat human nature, but it also is a pattern. True. And, and I saw that as mm-hmm. a spouse. I, I, I could read that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily always understood what I was reading, but I read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you started this podcast, I listened to the first section of episodes. And then after a while, I couldn't listen anymore because then I thought everything he was doing was just <laughs> a... Um, just a to come on, up, a come on, because right? Because I made the comment in a show about I'm always looking to close. He's always looking to close. So, but I don't, I think that you probably get listeners on, on this show where if it's one spouse listening and not the other, yep. there's a good possibility that the spouse that's not listening thinks the other spouse is just listening to this so that they can figure out. Yep. Just how to have more sex. Right. How can I crack the code? How can I crack the code when my bet is most of the people out there listening aren't just about, well, how can I just get more or how can I crack the code? I want it to be better. Right. I want to have a better relationship. I want to have a deeper intimacy with my spouse. I want our sex to be better when we have it. And... I, there is a transition period if you're working together on this and maybe your spouse doesn't listen that um, you've got it. Corey, you use the word solid all the time. You've just got to continue to be solid in those compliments and again, watch the context of when are, are you, are you only giving compliments yeah. 
uh, on certain days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but give that other, you got to give that other spouse some time too. And there's got to be a point where there's this transition that they realize you're being solid and it's not just about getting more. It's about making the marriage and the sex life better. Yeah. Because I love you and not just because I want to get in your pants. Right. Well, it, it's a both and. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. go hand in hand. Absolutely. Because there's this is where, so to to the guy that, the husband that emailed in, um, it's spot on in that recognizing your own role in this is where you start. That's what you're responsible for. That's all you can do. That That's your job. You can't get her to accept a compliment better. That's her job. That's beyond your control. You can maybe influence it a little bit with some better pressure. And I'll talk about that in just a second. So make sure we circle back to that. Okay. But you can also just look at it as how do I say what's important to me that if I am a complimentary type of husband and that's who I want to be, well, then that means I'm going to give compliments. And if she reads it as another thing, well, then I just take the hit for that read. I just, okay, if that's, I don't even have to acknowledge it or try it. Cause it's, it seems like whenever a deflection is, is sent in like, oh, um, you bought that at a, at a thrift store. Well, what kind of thrift store? Now we're not even talking about the fact that I liked that shirt. Sure. Right. So we just switched the subject. So instead it's, I say, man, that I like that shirt. It really brings, brings out your eyes. Oh, this old thing. It's like, okay, I don't even have to acknowledge it. It's a hit. Like, okay, she didn't accept it. And there, I think there's a reason why sometimes we don't accept things is because in large part, a, a lot of humans, they really have trouble receiving. Yeah. yeah. We have been taught over and over and over, it is better to give than to receive. <laughs> and so I think there's something deep down that we have real trouble just saying thank you when someone wants to do something generous for us. Yeah. And doesn't it, it is awkward to just say thank you? Yeah. But it feels so good on the other end. Yeah. To it, give. To give and, and and to and to just receive the thank you and be done. Yep. And so, here's the struggle with this because if you look at this through the psychological side of it, that I that I usually tend to see these things. If you if I get a certain amount of power from being able to give something give a compliment and that's and I get something out of that that's why we do it too there's there is a, a selfishness to it if you want to think about it that we love the feeling of being able to compliment or give something that there it makes us feel good too yeah so if I have trouble receiving somebody's compliment I am taking away their power that I enjoy when I give something okay that's interesting I, I'm not giving them the opportunity to experience the joy of truly giving. And so that's where I think that both, sounds mean on both sides. Well, it could be. So on both sides of this equation, I think it's important for us to recognize I need to learn to give and receive better. I need to learn to just say thank you. I need to learn to say, uh, you know, my compliment and w- whether it's received or not to see that it boosted my own self-respect because I lived in line with what I want. And so the more you're living that path of, I want to give compliments and I want to share that and she could read it as whatever. As long as I'm acknowledging, okay, I'm not just complimenting when I am truly wanting some and she's just seen right through me. 
Instead, it's, no, I want to just be complimentary. I imagine there might be a little bit of shift if I can learn to do my side of the equation better. So how would you suggest he responds to her when she says, comes back with, uh, I really look like a whale in this? Well, I think there can be the, you know what? I'm not going to accept that premise. I don't see you that way. And then I'm going to move on. Okay. You know, it's like, well, okay. I don't see it that way. Move on. Move on. Yeah. Because then we're talking about a personal thing that there's yeah. nothing I could do. Because that's the whole, we've talked about this in past shows, that there's there's nothing you can do to get a spouse to see what you see completely. True. You know, because yeah. that's, that's the whole, oh, you're so sexy. And they're like, no, I'm really not. Well, I see you as sexy. <laughs> so and that's that's what, my side yeah. of this. And yeah. so it's seeing it as the so these last two kind of fit in line with the kissing and compliments. They're the, the components are the same. That if it's something I value, I need to be the one that's taking the lead in it and setting the tone for it. Controlling what you can control. Exactly. Again. Okay. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, if you've enjoyed what's gone on, uh, let us know. Call the, call us at 214-702-9565. Leave a message. Uh, leave a review. Leave a review. We'll, we'll, we'll play it on the air. That'd be awesome. Plus, if you've got any questions and you want uh, that you want us to cover specifically, give us a call. Uh, also, the last thing I mentioned at the very beginning with the, uh, the survey, uh, hop on the show notes at sexymarriageradio.com see uh, and take just give a couple minutes of your time that'll help us make this show all the better as we go into the next year well anything else i got nothing all right well this has been sexy marriage radio thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us we'll see you next time